If you don't know that much about quantum computing, there's no need to feel bad. You are far from alone. In November of 2019, Jack Hittery, who is affiliated with Google and is the author of Quantum Computing, an Applied Approach, said that he believed only 800 people in the world have the expertise needed to truly understand how to apply quantum algorithms. Some of those people work at Seek, a quantum computing company headquartered in Elmsford, New York, with facilities in London and Naples, Italy. Seek's approach to building a quantum computer is quite unique and offers a roadmap for scalable application-based quantum computers, which can be leveraged to solve some of the world's greatest challenges. This is a series of interviews published by that company. In this episode, we meet with creative director Frederick Karlstrom to discuss the importance of bringing Seek's work out of the lab and into the world. If you want to know more about Seek and the work they do to make computers for the quantum age, you can visit them at seek.com. Now the conversation with Frederick Karlstrom. How much do you know about quantum? Well, my background is not uh, in quantum. I'm not an engineer. So joining this company was, you know, I felt a um, steep learning curve. Let's just put it that way. But I think what I can contribute is that I'm a pretty good storyteller. And I think that a company like Seek could really benefit from being able to kind of tell the story, what we're doing and why we're doing it, because we are collaborating with so many people across scientific disciplines, across the industry. So this idea of kind of telling the story, I think, is important. Tell me about the people you've met here. Yeah, so I don't have a background in, in quantum. I'm not an engineer. And, uh, you know, there's 23 people at the company. I think 20 of them have a PhD. One guy won the national math competition in Russia. So academically, I feel slightly inferior, but uh, I think there are other things that I can contribute with. What can someone with your background offer a quantum computing company? So human beings have been able to achieve amazing things in large part because we can organize ourselves in vast numbers. We can collaborate over time, we can pass things on, we can do it over sort of large geographical areas. We can do this because we think and try to make sense of the world by telling stories. And, and that's what I'm good at. So my job is to facilitate collaboration by bringing things out of the lab, out into the world, and sort of tell stories about what we're doing. How would you explain quantum computing to someone that has a vague understanding of it? Well, the way that I think about it is that there are things that happen in nature, and you can kind of take advantage of that. Uh, and so quantum physics or quantum mechanics is the science that explains the world on an atomic or a subatomic level. And quantum computing is using that natural phenomenon to build a machine that is just much more powerful than a classical computer. That's how I think about it. Seek the brand. What do you plan to do with it? Well, we're at the early stages of kind of defining what the brand will be. But bottom line is, I think, Seek's approach to building a quantum computer is quite unique. You know, on the one hand, we're able to do sort of customized, bespoke uh, solutions to a very specific problem that our clients give to us. On the other hand, because of the way that our technology platform works, means that it's scalable. Um, so we have that kind of duality, you know, it's customizable and scalable. It means that we're dependent on other people within the ecosystem, within the stack, right? We need people who write algorithms, people who do software, people who do other types of hardware. And so collaboration is at the very heart of what the Seek brand uh, needs to be about. And everybody here has that 
very much in their DNA. So the brand will reflect that. Implementations of quantum computing in society. One metaphor that I have used that I think is kind of helpful is to think that we are in 1903 and the world has been obsessed with flying for some time and the Wright brothers just made their first successful flight. So we know that the science works but we're quite a long way away from you know commercial airlines and airports and, and travel agents and now we're focusing on making sure that the hardware works that we can fly longer distances and then obviously we'll build out the ecosystem but that's kind of how I look at it. Do you have any takeaways from the last two days here? The main thing that I take away is how things don't happen in a vacuum. Innovation doesn't happen in a vacuum. You know, you, you're always building on something, an idea or a thought or a design or an innovation that came before you. And we are reliant on, you know, the scientific community all over the world. We're reliant on companies, we're reliant on government. We all have to work together to solve these sort of large problems that face us. And I think often science you know, or great innovation sort of happen in these silos. And I think it's very, very important to break that out and to really kind of work with, you know, collaborate across our disciplines. So one thing that I've realized working with SEEK is how much of the things that we take for granted today is built on things that happen you know, over 100 years ago, or maybe even 200 years ago, or things that are, have been in nature since, since the Earth was founded. And we just now have realized that that is how nature works. Quantum physics is not new. We've just recently discovered it, and we have recently discovered how we can use it to our benefit. You know, it, but it was always there, and that to me is is, uh, is is very humbling. What makes you most excited about this work? When I started working here, I didn't really know quantum physics. I mean, I didn't really know. I mean, I've heard the word, but I didn't really understand sort of quantum physics. And I think to me, it's this idea that there's a naturally recurring phenomenon that we can use to our benefit, like gravity is another one, and fire, and there's lots of other magnetism, and there's lots of other things that happen in nature, and we as people have been able to use that, harness that, and make tools out of it. And in its simplistic terms, that's what this is. Like We have identified, uh, you know, fairly recently that nature works in a certain way on this atomical and subatomical level, and if we use those natural laws, we can build tools that work really well for us. Uh, and that to me is really kind of beautiful. A lot of times technology companies forget the humanity within their work. It becomes very kind of about ones and zeros. It becomes about, about sort of the, just the digital part of it. And, and we forget nature. And I don't know, I feel like I'm not a religious person, but I think starting to peek into this world, it's, it's the closest to a sort of religious experience that I'll ever have. Something I find interesting with engineers is that they hesitate to say what this thing can do. As the storyteller, maybe you could elaborate on how you feel or think about it. I think when you talk to a scientist, you know, they've been trained to, to be very skeptical and to not make sort of absolute statements before it's been proven and peer reviewed and, and, and so forth. And obviously in marketing, where I come from, that's not entirely the case, right? But on the other hand, I think if you asked me, you know, a question about design or about film or something that I cared about, and you said, well, 
you know, modern design is the best design, I would be like, well, you know, for some things, but not for other things. Making that kind of generalization would make me very uncomfortable. So I have a lot of respect for the fact that making sort of generalizations in, in science is, is uh, uncomfortable. But I do think that explaining, you know, these very complicated phenomena in ways that, you know, I don't have to understand all of it. I just have to understand some of it. And I think that storytelling can help with that, to kind of open up the imagination in people and sort of see how quantum physics and quantum computing can benefit humanity. A decade from now, where do you see Seek? I think a decade from now, Seek has implemented several of these sort of customized solutions, quantum solutions for specific clients, solving specific problems. And I think that we're on our way to kind of identifying some of those problems can be apply to other problems. So I think that's kind of where we're, at, where we're at. Thanks for listening. For more of these conversations, go to wherever you get your podcasts, search Conversations for the Quantum Age, and hit subscribe. You can learn more about Seek and the work they do by going to seek.com. That's S-E-E-Q-C.com. This conversation was recorded at Seek's headquarters in Elmsford, New York. The series is produced by Seek creative director Frederick Kallstrom, who also did the interview. It was edited and sound engineered by Badia Shihab. The title music was composed by Anders Okergren using sounds recorded at the Seek Chip Foundry in Elmsford, New York. My name is Tyler McLean. See you next time. Thank you.